0: is the story of a ragtag bunch of church members who set out to perform a Christmas play, and the director who tried his hardest to just keep it all together. The Glory of Christmas. I am the longest-running cast member of the Nativity ensemble of our church. Well, I don't like to mention it, but I am a formally trained prodigy of the theater arts. Having Dan as part of our cast is fantastic. Lord, I am surely blessed beyond measure. Okay, uh, okay, good. Uh, let's, uh, let's just, let's do it again. But this time with more emotion, okay? Hey, I want you to Meryl Streep this up, okay? You got it. Dan thinks he's helping, but all he does is compare everything to Meryl Streep. Tony... Need you to channel your inner Meryl, my dear Mary. Stop. It is... Just, I need to Meryl this over for a minute. Oh, this is no way to treat your actors. Meryl would have seen this and walked immediately. Really, Dan? Because this potato salad looks so Meryl right now. Suddenly, the most splendiferous heavenly being appeared to my cohorts and me. Stick to the script, please. Okay, Joel, it's called The Glory of Christmas. I think the shepherds deserve a little more poetic language, don't you think? It's the Bible, Dan. God may beg to differ with you. By day, I make a living as an accountant, a dedicated one. But a dedicated actor must lose themselves and fully become the character. Do you have any questions for me at all? Uh, what's that smell? Green pastures. Green pastures, it. I am so method. I haven't bathed in a month. You really need to take a bath. I can't. These shepherds were society's misfits. You know, they were, sure, transfixed by, uh, choir of angels, but also amazed that God had chosen them. They were the, the scrawny kid MPE. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, the nerd who went alone to the prom. Yeah. They were um, they were the Glee Club president. Twice. Yeah. They were the least of these. ask me to be the keeper of the most important message that's ever been kept, to tell everyone that he sent the greatest gift ever, the Prince of Peace. The lowest in the land is given the highest honor. What's that smell?
1: God's gift for everyone. No matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like, or even what you smell like, the baby Jesus who was born in Bethlehem was the saviour of the world intended for all people. The angel of the Lord entrusted this message to the shepherds that first Christmas night while out in the fields with their sheep. And the glory of Christmas is that God's intention was that nobody gets left out. While the shepherds out in the fields were the ones chosen to begin sharing the message that was entrusted to them, God's intention was that they were the first among many to receive the good news of Christmas and the glory of who Jesus came to save, everyone. Amen. This inclusive truth is echoed right throughout the New Testament. Take a moment from the couple of scriptures from the New Testament to be reminded this morning from 1 Timothy chapter 2. The first thing I want you to do is pray. Pray every way you know how, for everyone you know. Pray especially for the rulers and their governments to rule well so that we can be quietly about our business of living simply in humble contemplation. This is the way our Saviour God wants to live. He wants not only us, but everyone saved. You know, everyone to get to know the truth we've learned, that there's one God and only one. One priest mediated between God and us, Jesus, who offered himself in exchange for everyone held captive by sin to set them all free. Eventually, the news is going to get out. This and this only has been my appointed work, getting the news to those who have never heard of God and explaining how it works by simple faith and plain truth. And in 2 Peter Chapter three, we're reminded God isn't late with His promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining Himself on account of you, holding back the end because He doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone time to change. And of course, the most famous verses perhaps from Scripture, John 3, 16, 18. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. You know that line that Dan says, our shepherd in the video, delivered at the manger, was a poignant one. He said, God asked me to be the keeper of the most important message that's ever been kept. You know, the shepherds, as I said, they were the first people that received this announcement of Christ's birth. The announcement wasn't made to a high priest or a king or a scribe. The vision of the announcements of the the birth of the Son of God on earth was not given to highbrow, sophisticated individuals, but given to people who effectively were the unexpected ones to receive it. In fact, in that day and generation, the shepherds were a despised group of people. While they had been respected, um, it was often used as a metaphor for care, as we know in the scripture, but it was also a symbol of perhaps of political or religious leadership. And it was even used of God. The Lord is my shepherd. But actually, by the time Jesus was born, the rabbis had brought about a devaluation of this occupation, occupation of a shepherd to such an extent that a shepherd was considered to be outcast socially and religiously. They were poorly paid and they were thought of, often rightly, as dishonest. The religious people were forbidden to buy wool or milk or meat from them and certain civic practices were were disbarred from them, functions such as the judge or a witness in court. A shepherd wasn't allowed to be one of those. Their work not only made them ceremonially unclean, but it kept them away from the temple for weeks at a time and that meant that they could not even be made clean even if they wanted to. And what a contrast is presented to us when we take into account who were the messengers, the angels. Here, the, the highest and lowest of God's um, relational or rational creatures are brought together. A set of poor men watching their flocks with the view of scaring away beasts or prey or robbers. They were, They were thinking nothing but earthly things, watching their sheep, keeping their dogs by their side, listening to the noises over the plain, considering the weather, watching for the day. Suddenly... They're met by an angel. Fear not. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of in the, sorry, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I reckon that's why the shepherds heard it first. Because God caused the poor and the lowly. It's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.26. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Do you get that? Shepherds weren't even allowed to testify as a witness in court. But isn't it striking that when God wanted to testify to the world that His Son had come, He went to the lowly shepherd. Shepherds on this particular night expected it to be like any other night. And boy, their expectations were shattered. The shepherds out in the fields going about their shepherding in the night when an angel from God showed up and the blazing white light of the glory of God lit up the landscape. Luke tells us that the shepherds were terrified. The old King James Version has the familiar and they were sore afraid. These words used to describe the shepherds' experience are from the Greek Greek words mega and phobos. Um, Basically, the shepherds were feeling mega fear, fear that rates as big time fear. But the angel says, fear not. When he saw, saw the alarm which his presence had caused among the shepherds, Even a less of a wonder would have reasonably startled them. But the angel said, fear not. Shepherds were the ones who looked after, who took care of their sheep. But at this point of time, they needed to be looked after, to be reassured. For all of us, there are always those times in our lives when fear and worry get the best of us. To the rest of the world, they might seem totally unfounded and even ridiculous. But to those who live in the midst of them, they can be very real and totally overwhelming big or small, these fears can take over our lives. So they literally become who we are and what we do. There are many examples of these fears. Fears of the unknown, fear of illness, loss of health, fear of, fear of waiting for the test results to come back, fear of losing a job, fear of ever getting a new one, fear for our children or grandchildren and what the future will hold for them. But this Christmas season that comes again and again, each and every year, Reminds us and renews within us the realization that the wonderful gift to us from a loving God, a God who sent his only Son into the world to take those very fears upon himself and replace them with a message of light and love and hope. Do you notice in this story that God's messengers reflect his message? What was the message given to the humble shepherds? verse 10, it says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This good news, shepherds, is not that a soldier has been born. It's not that a judge has been born to deliver you from the Roman Empire and the stiff grip of the iron fists. It's not that a great religious rabbi and reformer has been born, but it is this, that a saviour has been born. A saviour to meet humanity's deepest need. What is spoken of here is basically Grace. He comes to the lowly, to the poor, to the humble of the world. And the message is that there is grace for those who will humble themselves before God. You know, I think these shepherds had more insight and understanding of Jesus and who He was than many theologians, even in our world today. For they recognised in verse 15, that the message they were hearing was the very Word of God. They recognised God was speaking and they hurried to see the King. And in verse 17, they testified of what they heard. They became evangelists. While certainly true and and an amazing responsibility, the invitation that started with the shepherds was not meant to end with them. The initial sharing of the story of the shepherds was only the initial link of a global communication chain In one of the final moments on earth before Jesus' ascension back to the Father in heaven, Jesus gave His disciples an overt commission that's been described as great because of the scope of the people and it's intended to to be shared with around the world. It's a weighty commission. It says in verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This phrase, all nations, in verse 19, are the words panta to enthi. In the, in the Greek, that's that is, that's the words, but we get in the English ethnicity from the word ethne. And this is part of this glory of Christmas, this weight of Christmas. It's always been at the centre of God's heart for all ethnicities, all nations, all people, all over the world that God so loved. Not only are all nations meant to experience the glory of Christmas, but also each person of each nation is meant in turn to be part of this great commission to share the glorious story of salvation with others who have not heard. The story of Jesus as a saviour of the whole world was meant for you on its way to someone else. The good news, news of Jesus was intended to make its way to highways rather than stop in cul-de-sacs. The story is to keep going and going and going until all have had a chance to hear. And this is what Paul was writing about in his second letter to the Corinthian believers. Let me read it to you this morning. Our firm decision is to work from this focus centre. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and we got it all wrong, you know. We certainly don't look at Him like that anymore. Now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone a new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and Him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with Himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what He is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ Himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. How, you say? In Christ. God put, the wrong, God put on Him the wrong who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. What this means is that this weighty message of Christmas has been entrusted to first century shepherds, 21st century method actors like in our video, and every other person who has put their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus for salvation. For all who have responded to this message of hope, peace, joy, and love found in the person of Jesus, all have been entrusted and commissioned as ambassadors of Jesus, compelled by his love to share this glorious story with the whole world. No one should be left out of telling the story and no one should be left out of receiving the story. All are deserving of hearing the good news of Christ in ways that are understandable and clear. As Dan, our shepherd said, God sent the greatest gift ever, the Prince of Peace. The peace we can have with a holy God comes through the one who embodied it while wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger our Saviour, Jesus. What Jesus came to do through His perfect life, death and resurrection is, would, is what would bring all people peace with God as He dealt with and paid the price for the sin of everyone. This is what the glory of Christmas would lead to one day. And this Prince of Peace was so costly because it was intended for everyone. So how will you respond to the message of Christmas? Christmas. And who will be the next person you choose to share this significant, this weighty, this heavy message with?